On this episode of the Motor City Hypnotist Podcast, we're going to continue our series on influential psychologists, therapists, psychiatrists, psychotherapists, a lot of names for them, but a lot of people were influential in the fields of psychology and therapy and psychotherapy. And today, we're going to be talking about Albert Ellis, one of my favorites, probably my favorite and and probably the one I model most of my treatment uh, after. Um, And as usual, I'm giving away a free hypnosis guide along with my hypnosis for MP3 confidence, have more confidence download. So stay tuned and we will be right back. Get ready for the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright, originating from the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. He has hypnotized thousands of people from all over the United States. David R. Wright has been featured on news outlets all across the country and is the clinical director of an outpatient mental health and hypnosis clinic located just south of Detroit, where he helps people daily using the power of hypnosis. Welcome, the Motor City Hypnotist, David R. Wright. What is happening, my friends? It is David Wright, the Motor City Hypnotist, and we're back with another episode of the Motor City Hypnotist podcast. And uh, we're, we're back in Detroit. Well, we were last episode, but if you're listening to this audio, it's probably one episode later. But yeah, we're back sure. downtown Detroit, looking out the window at uh, partial skyline, you know, if you get past the building. So uh, yeah, rather than being stuck in my office, I come downtown. Uh, I am, Jamie, you know what I did miss about being down here? Uh, what? Other than hanging out here and just having fun. Sure. And the bar. Yeah. Um, Detroit Shipping Guinness, Company. Detroit uh, Shipping Company. Yes. Yeah, that's where we are. Our studio is in the top, uh, t- second floor of Detroit Shipping Company. Amazing. There's Thai food and, oh, and Southern Kitchen Oh, well, that's what I was going to mention. Tacos. The, and... the Bangkok 96. Uh, what I'm missing was their Thai rolls. Oh, yes. I know. For those of you who know, who are in this area... Many of you may not be, but yeah. there, there's a great Thai restaurant in Dearborn. It might be Dearborn Heights. It's on Telegraph near Ford Road, kind of-ish. Not quite that far, but um, but they have like a satellite restaurant here. And, and, and this is something you can't get at the main restaurant, but what they have here is a Pad Thai roll. Mm-hmm. It's like a Pad Thai burrito. It's, oh, it's yeah. fantastic. Oh. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's I, I eat. Yeah, and I, I eat well. I got and I have to do. I have to proportion myself because oh, no. uh, daddy gets a little thick. But <laughs> right. uh, I have a hard time finishing one. Yeah, um, it would definitely be as far as calorie count. It's probably a couple of meals. Oh, for sure. Yes, yeah, for I mean, sure. You can break it into three. I should break it into three. Yes. Uh, yes. I do break it into two. It takes. It tastes so good though when you're eating <laughs> oh, yeah. it. That's yeah. the other oh, yeah. thing though. It's fantastic. Yeah. So if you like pad thai. Mm. Come down to Detroit. I'll give them a plug, even though they don't know it. Yeah. Come down to Detroit Shipping Company in Bangkok 96. For sure. And then, yeah, there's burgers. There's uh, yeah. oh, dumplings. Tons of stuff. Yeah. Tons of, tacos tons of good, and... good food down here. And and as uh, Jamie mentioned last episode, it's a beautiful day today. The mm-hmm. day we're recording, it's like 88 and partly sunny, and, and people are out and wandering about and enjoying the city and enjoying the weather it's good to see the city live fantastic to be down here with each other it's good absolutely so yeah that's where we're at uh with me is jamie uh matt matt is out this episode um he'll be back 
uh, at some point. Sure, he's he's doing a gig. Mix so good for him. Matt out. Yeah, he's out. He's out playing. He's out playing the tunes. Wicky, wicky, wicky. <laughs> he's he's, he's uh, tur- uh what what do they call it? Turning the discs That's or it, uh, something, something like that. Like yeah. <laughs> I think you said he had a prom, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, good. Yeah, okay. He's yeah. A prom. Yeah. 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 Good for him. Yeah, the kids are all fun. Oh yeah. He'll he'll keep them moving. So here's with Jamie is with me. If I didn't mention that, because Matt is out, um, so let me tell you folks where you can find me. Uh, my website is MotorCityHypnotist.com. On the website, you'll find my podcast page with all of our episodes going all the way back to number one. And we are quickly approaching uh, episode 100. We're probably Ooh. 13, 14 episodes away. So could be coming up soon. Uh, yeah. So so yeah, folks, if you have just checked in, yeah, go back. You got a tons of episodes to go back and listen to. Um, and on my website, you'll also find my store. On the store, you'll find all of my MP3 hypnosis recordings. Uh, you'll find um, a lot of other good stuff. A um, um, couple, of, couple of articles and things like that that you can download. Uh, some of the stuff's free. Uh, some of it's paid. But, but take a look there. Um, a lot of cool things on the store. And soon to be added to that store. And I know I teased this a couple of episodes ago. But uh, fingers crossed, we're, we're in the home stretch of my book. Um, it is almost done being written, so it has to go to editor and formatter, and I'm hoping oh. by July it will be out. That's my that's on my calendar in my head, but we'll we'll, we'll see because it okay. all depends on what happens in those. Because sure. once once it leaves your hands, you're depending on other people to yeah. to fix it up. So, um, so yeah, keep an eye out for that, and I'll and I'll make an announcement here, and it'll also be posted on my social media as well. So speaking of social media, you can find me on Facebook and YouTube at Motor City Hypnotist and on Instagram and Twitter at Motor City Hypno. That's H-Y-P-N-O. And as usual, as we do every episode, we're giving away a free hypnosis guide that's yours free. Just check the show notes for that link. Just click on the link, uh, enter your email, and it will come right to you. Well, I'll email it right to you, or, or the download actually might start immediately as soon as you do that. So, so definitely um, take a look at that. It's a, just a guide of uh, just hypnosis information, what it is, how it works, myths, misconceptions. Um, it give you a really good understanding and, a, and just a, a couple of page PDF. So uh, grab that if you'd like to. And the most important thing is wherever you're listening, please subscribe and leave a review. If you're on Apple, if you're on Apple Podcasts or iTunes Podcasts, you can, uh, I think it's like right now, or follow. Follow. follow me. Like Uncle yes. Cracker. Yes, follow. <laughs> follow <laughs> because, me. Because Apple has put the he put the hammer down on, uh, what what do they call it, un, 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 um, unscrupulous advertising practices is sure. what they kind of call it. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. You know, it's funny because uh, being, being a, a business – you know, with my clinic and my show side of things, and um, it, you know, I have I have my Facebook fan page, and I run you know I run a lot of traffic through my Facebook pages mm-hmm. and my groups to my website, but uh, because of this Apple change, my for those of you who are not technical, just you're going to gap out here for a minute. But mm-hmm, my Facebook mm-hmm. pixel got disconnected. Oh, my pixel tracks all of my traffic that comes through, so I can see where people are you know landing on my site and where, where they're spending time so that I can like put information there 
which might be the whole issue of yeah. why why Apple did that change sure, because sure. they don't want people tracking it, you know. Sure. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I didn't get that reset up, which was Alan says really hello. Painful. He's in there. Oh, now. Alan's in. Shoot, Alan. It's taco night at, at the Allen household usually. <laughs> um, yep. Thanks for checking in, Alan. As usual. Oh wait, we gotta we gotta. Wait. He loves his sounder. Yeah, tell Alan. Yeah, we the, the fuck are you doing? There you go. There, there's a sound. <laughs> I love you. That's you use it. saucy sound bites. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, you got to make it fun. It's like uh, you know, and then there are there are a couple of favorites. I mean, who, oh, who yeah. doesn't like this one? We'll do it live. <laughs> do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. Fucking thing sucks. <laughs> oh, just, have... some, just some classics out there of, of things like that. Uh. Uh, I speaking of okay, the, the way off topic. We're going to go on a tangent for a minute, Jamie. But yeah. um, I'm, I, I don't know. I, I I had a little bit of time to kill last night when I was in the office uh, in between clients. So mm-hmm. I just typically I have my computer up and I'll just I'll just pop into YouTube for something. But have you have you ever seen? And I'm not going to say the word right, but the Sostroming challenges. No. So so I, I'm not sure if I'm saying it right. So those of you who are, I think it's Norwegian possibly, but. So strumming is a fermented fish, and it comes in a can, and it's supposedly the smelliest, oh. most disgusting smelling food ever. So, okay. So there's there's probably a hundred videos of the strumming challenge where people get one of these cans, open it, and see if oh. they can eat it. Oof. And I, for those of you who who are easily um, if you're easily grossed out or right. easily, if you don't like gagging and things sure, like that, sure, don't sure. watch. Don't yeah. watch it. But Ugh. if it, it's, I, I really was crying. <sighs> I was laughing so oh. hard at some of these. It, it's, uh, clickbait. It, it, it is worth clickbait. just. Oh yeah, <laughs> clickbait. I get, I get clicked in all the time. Yeah, yep. Uh, just fantastic. It, it's, it's, it's funny. So if you just want to, if you, if you just like people seeing people grossed out and laughing mm. at them, it, it's awesome. It's perfect. So yeah, back to it. So oh, okay. uh, subscribe wherever you're listening. Subscribe to the show. Yeah, that's what we want. And we won't talk about the the, uh, the Facebook Pixel anymore. <laughs> so it's time. That's how winning is done. I found this story today. Looking, looking for a couple of, of good winners of the weeks. And this, this is, this is honestly, this is, I almost find this, it's so amazing, it's almost unbelievable. Well, one week, Matthew and I have to nominate you for winner of the week for doing this segment and bringing some positivity to the world. <laughs> oh, that's, that's great. That's so, fantastic. All right, there you go. Yeah, I appreciate it. That's awesome. Uh, so a man paralyzed from the neck down. <clears throat> Excuse me, I had to clear my throat there. A man paralyzed from the neck down has gained the ability to type words with his brain. Okay. About as fast as the average smartphone user. Wow, all right. This mind writing was done through a science fiction sounding brain computer interface called a BCI that picks up neural signals and feeds them into an algorithm which translated them into letters. So... Wow. It's 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 what it sounds like that they, they have they have him hooked up to this computer interface where he thinks of it and it types it out. Oh boy! So 
the story goes on. It says the secret to the success and why this particular BCI, which is a brain-computer interface, was able to produce words at such a faster rate than in the past was that it tracked the brain signals of the patient as he imagined writing them down with a pen, a skill which imprints so thoroughly on our motor skill system that it remains for years. Wow. So it's like we've talked on, on the show many times about memory imprinting and, and, and having those, 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 those images that have burned in your brain from mm. your past or from mm-hmm. childhood. So the, the way they're saying they, the way they're doing it now is to, to imagine writing it with a pen because that is so, it's so imprinted into your brain on how to do that and what it looks like that, 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 that gives you, it gives more accuracy. It works better. So the man was, the man was 65 at the time of the study. Um, and then he, uh, when he suffered a spinal cord injury, um, so here's, here's the crazy part. With this computer, our study participant achieved typing speeds of 90 characters per minute with 94.1% raw accuracy online. Oh, that's better than I ever, I ever did. And greater than 99% accuracy offline with a general purpose autocorrect. Wow. To our knowledge, these typing speeds exceed those reported for any other computer mind interface and are comparable to typical smartphone typing speeds of individuals uh, in the age group of, of our participant. So how is he connected? It's amazing, though. I, I, it's, it's just, it's almost, like I said, it almost sounds like it's unbelievable yeah. that, that, that he's thinking, and, and it's that accurate, from 94 to 99% accuracy right, right. With, with a general autocorrect without any in-depth autocorrection tools. So, but he's paralyzed from the neck down. Can he speak? That, so it's that's a good So question. how do you how do you know a so, man paralyzed from the neck down has gained the ability to type words. So I'm sure he could speak. But I th- I think the whole thing is that if he needed to write something sure. or, or put something in into text or or, right, right. or written because there's a lot of voice to text. Oh, sure. Things. Right. Um, so this is interesting. But but it, yeah, it, and I actually didn't even think of that part because if he could speak, he could do voice to text. So, so but how do we, if if he can't speak? How right. do we? How, do, how is this verified that that's what he's thinking? Right? Is he? Right. He has to be communicative in some way, and you know, hey, is this really what you were thinking? And is he? Not, can he nod yes or <laughs> think the word yes, well, and then it types it out? It, you know, it, the, the study was conducted by Stanford University sure. and the Howard Hughes Medical Institute. All oh, those slouches. So yeah, those those they're you know those guys just mess around. They, uh, they don't they don't they don't know what they're doing over there. Oh, da, 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 like this in the background. What the fuck is it with you? So, yeah, those right. Stanford punks. So there's, uh, so there's. I wonder how he's connected. Are there diodes, you know, implanted into his brain, or is it, is it a surface connection? Because uh, that's basically mind reading. And then, how long before you have an app on your phone that you can point at somebody and and tell what they're thinking? It's not that far of a jump. So okay, so here's here's part of what might answer your question. Right. Uh, part I, I'm of it. freaking out, man. At first, they allowed the patient to write each letter as he would with his hand. Um, they allowed the patient to write each letter as he would with his hand. He eventually moved to asking him questions, allowing him to write out his responses. Yeah, that's not very clear either. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm just. I'm. I'm a. But it sounds like we're we're seconds away from mind reading. A mind no, reading a- app for your phone somehow. <laughs> and they said other and machines am- in the past have tracked eye movement, uh, but they said this one is composed entirely. Yeah, and I am screwed. There, there's almost not enough information. <laughs> it, it's a, it's just enough information to ask questions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh okay. So yeah, but if you want to read the story. Um, Link for it's in the show notes. Yeah. But, I mean, think about it. If somebody is paralyzed and they can write. Sure. That, that's I, I just, just fascinating. There's this just like uh, a really cool artist. Uh, There's a guy named Peter Himmelman. Uh-huh. Uh, he's actually uh, Bob Dylan's son-in-law. He married Bob Dylan's oh, daughter. Oh, yeah. But he's, uh, he, was, he was an artist on his own before he married her. And uh, I, I love him. He's a singer-songwriter. He's great. Uh, never really went huge. But, mm-hmm. you know. But anyway, he has a, a song called A Woman with the Strength of 10,000 Men. Because he met this woman who was paralyzed. Uh, but she had, she could speak, and, and, or, or she couldn't speak, but she had some, she could move some muscles in her face. And so they hooked up a diode to like her eyebrow. Uh-huh. And so there's this cursor running across. And I mean, this is, this is, this is 25 years ago. Uh, so there's this cursor running across the letters. And it, it, when it got to the letter she wanted, she would tick her eyebrow. Oh. And so she would, she would be able to type by like moving her eyebrow and selecting letters off of this thing. And so yep. she could hold a conversation. Um, and it's just amazing that her, in the, the song, it reflects about, you know, how, you know, the, her positivity and her strength and her brilliance when she's stuck in a bed and all she can move is her eyebrow. Right. And this still, it's just this amazingly positive yeah. woman. Uh, yeah. So it just, it just reminds me of that Peter. Yeah. Himmelman that's that's fantastic. Sorry. Yeah. We digress. No, that, that's <laughs> great. Yeah. It's it just, it's just amazing. What I, I again, just in, in, in general, what, who knows what the future will bring? I, I mean, I, I, I imagine I, I come up with this morbid thought that I'll be long gone in a hundred years. But I'm wondering, like, what, what will, be, what will humanity well, be? Well, we able have to the damn flying cars yet. Yeah, we don't have flying cars yet. <laughs> we, we, we don't have like uh, get them cars flying. Like, like uh, total immersive uh, uh, augmented reality yeah, yeah, or, yeah, yeah, or yeah. you know, put the VR. Put you know, because yeah. because um. I, I don't know if I've shared this on the podcast before, but uh, uh, last Christmas I got my son an Oculus, you know, the VR headset, mm-hmm. you know, and, and you know, it's, it's they're getting better. But even with that, unless it's like a cartoon type game, if it's anything that's live action, it's, it looks like you're looking through a, like two two layers of, of, of screen, mm. like window screen. It's just right. pixelated. Ah. And it's like, God, get it, get it perfect, man. I want to feel like I want to be in another world you know yeah oh yeah, yeah absolutely so anyway our paralyzed uh, the, the the mind machine the, the paralyzed person can write that's our winner of the week so as we get we finally get to close that one out <laughs> that's how winning is done that is it's crazy it's totally crazy i mean as uh will ferrell would say I, I, <gasps> oh Great Odin's Raven. And I love that you use the word crazy too. <laughs> it's totally, are you are you it's not totally supposed you're, you're not supposed to use that word? <laughs> Is it? I deal with crazy people. Oh, speaking of, I'll tease our next episode. That just made me think of a good thing. Uh, my wife gave me this idea, but mm. uh, we're going to talk about um, um, psychological slang terms that um, people don't know what they mean. Ah. Or they 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 might think they know what they mean, like, mm. and well, and and I and I think I'll throw crazy in there because that just made me think of it. But mm. like, oh man, that that person's that person's schizo, or ah. that person's uh, bipolar, or that person's uh, right, right. You know, um, I I I don't and have the list with me, but my wife is making one Uh-oh. because um, 
She said that would be a good show topic to go over and, and describe what all of these things mean because people use them in a general sense and it doesn't yes. really apply. And, and which ones should you avoid? Well, sure. Like, like some um, are a little detrimental. Of course. Well, and, and I'll give you the the one that that people could, it could really offend a lot of people. Understandably, it's mental retardation. Oh yeah, because yeah, that yeah. that but that used to be a, a, a the diagnostic and statistical manual that used to be the actual diagnosis, right? For developmental developmental disabilities. Mm-hmm. Um, so things of things of and and honestly, within my lifetime, they used to still call call um, the the mental uh, floor on the hospital the psychiatric floors. They used to still call them asy- asylums. Oh, as late as like the late sixties. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so that's crazy. Oh, I don't mean to laugh. No, it, no, it is. It is oh, kind of funny because it's, it's, it's just, it's the, just crazy. the machine that runs the world. It's just crazy how it's things not go. Not looking out for the little guy. Boy, that escalated quickly. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, yeah. that really got out of hand fast. So yeah, what we're, so next episode, we're going to hit on these these terms uh, that, that are, and, I, and I'll go through and explain exactly what each of these means, and then you can use them correctly. So we're talking today about Albert Ellis. Albert Ellis was an influential psychologist who developed rational emotive behavior therapy, and I'll get into the details of what that means. The great thing about Albert Ellis is he is a fairly recent um, pioneer in psychology and in therapy. He's got that island. Yeah. <laughs> no, he different. Does. Different. Is that different, different, different Ellis? Yeah. Okay, fair play. Yeah, it could be. Uh, because <laughs> actually, Sorry. Albert Albert Ellis uh, lived, he just died in 2007. So so he's, yes, he's a definitely a a, uh, a recent. Um, contemporary. Contemporary, yeah. Yeah. Um, so let me tell you my story. I, I met Al, I didn't meet him. I did meet him in person, uh, but I went, he, he used to do, even into his 80s, he would be touring the country doing conferences. Hmm. And he would just, uh, you know, he'd be in a conference room with 100 people talking to therapists and doctors and, and performing. And what he would do is, in addition to his conference, what he would do is he would ask for volunteers and he would come up and he would actually demonstrate how he does therapy with volunteers from the audience during his conferences. Cool. So, uh, so he was, he was in Dearborn. I don't remember the exact, this exact facility, uh, cause it was probably, geez, I think I was, I was in grad school because I went with one of my grad professors. Um, so it had to be like l- 90 to 92 somewhere in there so this guy was great though because he was he was at the time he was in his 80s and he was just like he was just like this cantankerous like 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 you know there there was no filter as far as swear words or just telling people and like you know, he when he was doing th- this woman volunteered. Of course, uh, it was an older lady, and she got up there and, and he started getting it. And she said something about, "Well, yeah, I don't." And he says, he, "He said something to the effect of, cut the bullshit and quit lying to yourself." Uh, I mean, that, he was that kind of a nice. Like, and he says that because you think that way, just change, just stop thinking it, uh, just just do it. You know, and he would he would he had that 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 yeah that's just that cantankerous mentality. So let me tell you a little about, bit about what he contributed to the field of psychotherapy. Um, um, actually, and let me tell you, first of all, uh, 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 one of the most respected surveys of professional psychologists, Ellis was ranked as the second most influential psychotherapist just behind Carl Rogers and just ahead of Sigmund Freud. So like he's in the top three, like, like, like top two or three of all time. 
So Ellis, again, is considered the originator of cognitive behavioral therapy, which is widely known today as talk therapy. It's kind of what most people in, in that are therapists right now, that's what they practice, is cognitive behavioral therapy, changing thinking to change behavior. So Ellis is really considered the originator of this, but at the time it was called Rational Emotive Therapy, or RET. In fact, when I saw him in the early 90s, I'm going to say it was still being called RET, Rational Emotive Therapy. And then later it was changed to Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy, or REBT. So Ellis started in the late 1940s working on this approach, this REBT, which is what it eventually became. And by January of 1953, he had completely broken away with psychoanalysis or Freud's approach or any of those psychoanalysts that were that were practicing at the time. So he he came up with this this approach that he said was advocating a new active and directive type of psychotherapy. And he presented it like this. The therapist sought to help the client understand and act on the understanding that his personal philosophy contained beliefs that contributed to his own emotional pain. So really, that the beliefs are the issue. It's not the actions. It's not the situations. It's not, you know, the, the whatever's happening to you. It's what you're believing about these things. That, uh, that is the real issue. Um, and he went on with this approach in the late 50s into the 60s, 70s, and it started becoming a very um, a, a popular approach as far as is integrating, um, uh, you know, integrating and addressing people's thinking as far as how that that negative thinking. And, and oh my gosh, you can see in general how that influenced so many of these, um, you know, people like Tony Robbins or or. Any of these these motivational or or uh, the, these positive self help gurus, it's all based around positive thinking yeah. and believing you can do it and changing your thought patterns mm-hmm. and, and just you know um, and, and and they made, made, made fortunes. Oh, on this. good for you, <laughs> right? Um, but that really is the key, and the, and the reason I like Ellis so much, and really that's a lot of my approach when I do therapy with clients. It's like, well. I'll give you an example, a general example, because, of course, we we believe in confidentiality here. and We're not sure. going to share any client information, uh, but so numerous Steve times over the years. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This guy's name was, yeah. uh, I don't know. Yeah. 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 Uh, Chair. His name was Chair. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so a lot of times I will have clients and, and these are these are are generally what kind of things they say. They say, well, you know what? I have I have a mother who's really toxic. She's just. She's always negative. She's always critical of me. And I said, uh, you know, and I would say to the client, I'm like, well, why do you have a relationship? Oh, because I have to. And I'm like, well, why? Why do you believe that? Who, who's told you that? Or who has made you feel guilty if you didn't? If you didn't have a relationship, why would you feel guilty? And they, and they can't answer it. They just say, uh, well, I, it's just not, that's, I just can't do it. And, and and it's all based on belief. It's a belief that you 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 aren't obligated to have a relationship with anyone that's bad for you, or that's negative, or, or who's toxic in any way emotionally. And it's kind of like, just even bringing up the thought, it doesn't register with them because they've never thought that way before. And I said, well, think about it. If you just believe that you don't have to have a relationship with your mother, 
how, how, what, what it would make you feel. And, and most every client would say, God, it would make me feel free. Uh-huh. It would make me feel like I, I'm a, a relief, like a load of bricks off my shoulder. <laughs> it's like, there you go. That's it. <laughs> but the, the follow through is the big thing on this too, because you could, even if you change that thinking and change that belief system, you have to take action on it. So, so let's get back to Ellis and kind of, of what his, again, his, his it, it, very similar to the story I just told you. That's how he would address clients. He would just call them honestly, and, and he said this in his own words. He says, you know, I'm, I just call clients on their bullshit. You know, if they're, you know, if, if they're complaining or doing something, he'll say, well, just change your thinking about it. And it sounds very simplistic. And even when I say it now, people listening might say, well, it's not that easy. Well, no, it's not easy. But the whole point is, if you can change your thinking, it becomes easier than what you're doing right now. Mm-hmm. So Ellis said um, he works to change a client's self-defeating beliefs and behaviors by demonstrating their irrationality, self-defeatism, and rigidity. And that's so, that's, I see this so much with clients. I will tell them, especially clients who feel depressed. And, and I know this is, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying these things aren't difficult people, but somebody who's severely depressed, one of the best things they can do is exercise. Physical exercise is one of the best things you can do because it releases endorphins and it physically, it's going to make you feel better. And clients will come back and say, yeah, it, it just, it doesn't help me. I'm like, you need to do it. Mm-hmm. You just need to do it. Just do it. Yeah. Uh, so again, a lot of people are very rigid and they they don't want to change. So so long story short, Ellis believed that through rational analysis and cognitive reconstruction, people could understand their self defeatingness is what he called it mm. in light of their irrational beliefs and construct a more rational approach of thinking. So that is Albert Ellis. Um Rational Emotive Behavior Therapy. I, I'm so used to calling it RET because I grew up in school learning it sure, that way. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It was still that into my career. I, I always have a hard time getting to be in there. But, but really, and, and this is kind of, folks, what this theme of our show is. That the theme of our show is change your thinking, change your life. And this is my approach to therapy is that if, if I can get you to change the way you think about it, just that is going to make you feel better. And it opens up a whole avenue of other possibilities because if we can change your thinking – behaviors and feelings follow that they do um it, it's like somebody I, I i'm just trying to think of a generic example um yeah i'm i'm drawing a blank but that's okay because it, it can be any anything any anything as simple as you know i um i don't like i don't like i don't know i don't like being outside well, well, I mean, maybe, but but what what's the thinking? What what why is that? Is that an irrational belief? You know, why, why do you think that way? And if we can dissect it that way, the thinking part, because most people will say, "Well, yeah, my, you know, I I I I grew up and I, you know, I didn't have a great childhood and I didn't, you know, I had trouble in school and and but all these you have beliefs tied tied to all of these circumstances and all of these incidents. So if we change the belief system. Just say, okay, so you did. So let's, let's, what are we doing right now? Let's, let's change the belief as of this moment. And, and you will feel differently when you change the belief. So yeah, change your thinking, folks. Change your life. That is Albert Ellis. That is his approach. That is also my approach. 
Change your thinking, change your life, laugh hard, run fast, be kind. We will see you next time with um, psychological slang and its meanings, or maybe not, or the meanings they shouldn't be. Uh. See you then.